Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, One chilling April evening, as the clock was striking nine, I retired to my usual sleeping quarters, completely oblivious to the uncanny events that were about to unfold. The setting was familiar, but what transpired that night was anything but normal. As I settled into bed, an inexplicable cold engulfed me. It was a bone-chilling sensation that seemed to creep up from nowhere. My room, evidently sealed from the outside cold, offered no explanation for this sudden temperature drop. Confused and startled, I scanned my surroundings, but all doors and windows were firmly shut. A shiver ran down my spine as the mystery deepened. As I turned on my side, a startling sight awaited me. A young girl, around 10 years old, stood near my bed, smiling innocently at me. Dressed in a charming white dress adorned with purple flowers, she seemed disarmingly serene. Was this some sort of dream, I wondered, and attempted to dispel the apparition by tightly closing my eyes. But when I opened them again, she was still there. Her presence was palpable now, causing me to break out in a cold sweat. Gathering my courage, I asked her who she was. The girl moved closer, her eyes sparkling with amusement as she said, I am your friend, remember? I used to live with you. Her giggles echoed in the room before she suddenly disappeared into thin air. The fear that gripped me was unlike any I had ever experienced. Was this apparition a friend from a past life? The questions plagued me as I dashed downstairs for the reassuring comfort of my mother's presence. I recounted the bizarre incident, only to have her dismiss it as a mere nightmare. But the eerie coldness that had stopped me from falling asleep was a physical reminder of the reality of my encounter. Desperate for answers and feeling unheard, I turned to the internet, hoping to find others who had experienced similar ghostly visitations. The horrifying realization that I wasn't alone in my experiences was both comforting and terrifying. That night, dear listeners, has etched itself in my memory as one of the most frightening experiences of my life. It served as a chilling reminder that there are mysteries in the dark corners of our lives that defy explanation. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, Approximately four years prior, 
A peculiar incident occurred after I watched a news feature about a tragic case from a dozen years ago. A young girl had lost her life on a family camping trip. Her story was pulled from the archives, and it deeply touched me. The sequence of events began to unfold later in the evening, around 10 p.m. En route to the dining room, I crossed paths with our vintage china cabinet. This cherished family heirloom, a gift from my great-grandmother to my parents, held its own charm. Encased within the glossy glass doors were reflections of all who passed by, a mirror to the world around it. However, that night the reflection cast in the glass was anything but ordinary. It was unsettling to say the least. I was alone in the room, and the terrifying reality of what I witnessed still gives me chills. As I glanced at my reflection, I observed a haunting presence next to me. Uncannily, the figure echoed the exact image of the young girl whose story I had seen earlier on the news. Her skin was sickly pale, her eyes underscored by dark circles. She wore an expression that was a disturbing mix of profound sadness and unrelenting anger. Adorned in nothing but a lengthy white shirt, her bare feet intensified the eerie aura around her. The sight was so petrifying that my body froze, the fear rendering me unable to move. It felt like an eternity was passing as I stared at the reflection. Managing to regain control of myself, I frantically sought my parents, my eyes brimming with tears. The words struggled to form, my speech choked by the terror I had experienced. The crushing fear felt so overwhelming that I felt faint and could barely articulate what had transpired. I generally refrain from sharing such experiences, aware that they are often met with skepticism. The thought of what that innocent girl may have suffered, her pain enduring even posthumously, is profoundly heartbreaking. My wish for her is to find the peace she was denied in life, to be able to finally rest in tranquility. This lingering, unsettling encounter will forever remain etched in my memory. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, In the realm of dreams, a peculiar occurrence unfolded, seizing me in its grip. A dream, unusually vivid and partially under my control, took me on a journey that still leaves a chilling imprint in my memory. The dream introduced a girl named Mina. Her voice echoed solely in the silent corners of my mind, her name transforming into a haunting melody that continued to reverberate. As I found myself at a desk, armed only with a pencil and paper, I scrawled a simple introduction. Hello, Mina. My name is Ah. But what followed was as startling as it was bewildering. An unexpected spasm in my neck and shoulder wrenching me back from the brink of sleep. My mouth began to tremble uncontrollably, mirroring the rhythm of my unsteady breath that seemed to escape my control. A grotesque, slobbering sound, a byproduct of my chaotic breathing, filled the room. Yet with a powerful act of determination, I managed to dispel these unsettling effects. The melody of Mina's voice kept vibrating in my mind, her eerie song now including my name. An unseen force seemed to hover near my face and neck, causing tingling sensations. In response, I demanded her to leave. In reaction, an agonizing scream echoed in my mind, followed by a desperate plea 
repeating, yes, yes. But my resolve held strong as I countered with a firm, no, no, go away. The room grew colder with each rejection, as if the temperature was tied to my resolute refusals. Then I saw her. The image of a brunette girl, strikingly young, materialized in my mind. However, a shocking observation gripped me. One side of her face and body appeared decayed, a sight that seemed to distress her greatly. Despite the unsettling vision, I maintained my resolve and firmly demanded her departure, offering no solace. Such experiences are not new to me. I've had other encounters during sleep where unseen forces attempt to seize control of my body. Each encounter, however, can be repelled with conscious effort. Yet this encounter with Mina was unique. While it was easier to dispel than most, it was the first to induce a physical spasm, a departure from the usual attempts at paralysis. As this tale unfolds, listeners, remember that we wander in the realm of dreams, where reality and fantasy intermingle and the laws of logic hold no sway. Unseen forces, ghostly encounters all become possible. Keep your mind open, your courage intact, and your resolve unwavering. Good night, and until the next tale unravels in our Mysteries After Dark podcast. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, Take a journey with me to the late fall of 1996, specifically November 9th. Just a typical evening for an 11-year-old me, planning to spend the night at my cousin's, the main event, the Tyson-Holyfield fight that we were to watch on PPV. All set for a boy's night, we had mapped out our sleeping arrangements on the comfortable reclining chairs in the living room. After the thrill of the match, fatigue started to set in, and so we surrendered to sleep way past my usual time. In the early hours of the morning, around 2.30 or 3, the sound of the toilet flushing broke the silence. My mind didn't pay much attention to it, reasoning that it could have been my uncle, a plumber, or my brother, or even one of my two cousins. The bathroom was next to my uncle's bedroom, so naturally, I thought it was someone from our family. As I tried to drift back to sleep, nature called, and I had to respond. However, as I sat up, my blood ran cold. I saw a person, a man, standing about 10 feet away. The figure was so vivid, with each detail standing out, from the face to the beard, even the watch he was wearing. Rooted to the spot with fear, I watched as he looked at me for a seemingly endless six seconds before he glided to his left and descended the spiral staircase into my uncle's basement, where his brother-in-law and sister resided. You can bet my urge to use the bathroom evaporated right then. The morning dawned, and curiosity led me to ask my uncle about the ghostly figure I had seen. He seemed as clueless as I was, denying any such sightings. My parents shrugged it off as the product of an overactive imagination, blaming it on me watching horror movies. However, the narrative changed weeks later, when my uncle decided to put his house on the market. As part of the process, he had a detailed history of the house compiled. That's when we discovered the chilling truth. 
In the 1980s, a man had met his untimely end in that very house, having tripped and fallen down the spiral staircase. The house remained on the market for almost a year and a half, and during that time, my uncle and his wife had their own encounters with the ghost. Fearing for their one-year-old son, they decided to vacate the property. Although the ghost never harmed anyone, the fear was palpable. A priest was called to bless the house, and after his visit, there were only a few sightings of the ghost. Now, years later, every visit to my uncle's new house comes with a bit of humor. I bring along a Bible just in case. But the memory of that ghostly figure remains vivid, a reminder of a chilling encounter that will never fade. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I am writing to share an eerie tale from my childhood that will undoubtedly send chills down your listeners' spines. In the innocent age of six, I received a doll from a garage sale. Its past was as obscure as the sooty corners of the garage it was sold from, yet I was instantly captivated by it. This doll was not simply an object of play, but a beloved companion that I held dear to my heart. It was a cherished treasure that I would carry with me everywhere. One day the loneliness of my solitary world spurred a wish from the depths of my childish heart. I yearned for my silent companion to come to life, to transform from a mute witness of my life into an animated friend. Nightfall came and tucked within the reassuring embrace of darkness. I fell asleep beside my doll, holding on to the fervent wish of my heart. The morning, however, held a baffling surprise. My doll was missing from my side, a circumstance that was starkly unusual, considering our inseparable bond. I searched for her, only to find her nestled among the other toys in the toy box. Relieved, I proceeded to re-establish our routine, laying her beside me as I sought to catch a few more winks of sleep. A cover draped over us, her head turned my way as I pulled her close. But then, the ordinary morning took a chilling turn. I felt a slow, deliberate movement against my leg. It was a sensation akin to a gentle caress, a touch that sent a shiver of fear coursing through my veins. I glanced at my doll, her gaze still locked onto mine. The sensation continued, growing stronger, more definitive. With a sudden jolt of terror, I pulled back the covers, and my scream echoed through the silence of our house. The doll's leg was moving up and down my own, an undeniable proof of my impossible wish come true. My alarm drew my parents to my room, their faces drawn with concern. Yet, as I relayed the horrifying incident, their expressions morphed from worry to disbelief. And while they may have dismissed my claims, your listeners, I hope, will hold a more open mind. The memory of that morning is as vivid today as it was then, forever etched into my mind. As for the doll, it still rests in a box, a tangible reminder of the time my childhood wish spiraled into my darkest nightmare. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, 
As the clock hands crawled towards ten in the evening, my mother was hunched over our kitchen table, piecing together a late-night sandwich. I was sprawled on the carpet of the living room, engrossed in the flickering images on TV, while the sound of running water signaled that my middle sister, Brenda, was in the shower. Suddenly, my mother's voice broke through the evening stillness. Why did you try to scare me? She asked, her tone sharp with surprise. I glanced at her, confusion written across my face. Who tried to scare you? I queried. Her gaze was fixated on the door. Brenda, I know it's you. Come out now, she called out. I quickly assured her. Mom, Brenda's still in the shower. There's no one there. Despite my reassurances, my mother rose from her seat, her voice escalating as she called for Brenda. As she neared the door, she found it empty. That realization shook her, her disbelief echoing through the room. I could feel my nerves fraying, the tension in the room heightening. And then, Brenda emerged from the shower, her eyes wide as she took in the panic-stricken scene. Did something scare you? She asked, her voice a nervous whisper. Before we could answer, a deafening bang resonated from the back door, sending chills down my spine. I sprung from the floor, Brenda and I darting towards our mother's room, our hearts pounding in unison. In the heavy silence that followed, the back door creaked open. The ominous sound resonated through the house, the chilling symphony of fear. As we huddled together, I whispered, It's in the house. My mother, in a desperate attempt to keep calm, dismissed my fears. Brenda and I clung to each other, our prayers echoing in the room as we waited anxiously for our dad's return. After an agonizing stretch of time, the door slammed shut and the sound of hurried footsteps filled the house. We stayed holed up in the room until we heard the familiar sound of our dad's footsteps. It was around 1 a.m. when he finally arrived. We poured out our fears, our terror-laden tale met with laughter. He teased us, calling us chickens, before venturing out with a rubber exhaust hose to investigate. Despite his thorough search, he found no telltale signs, no footprints or tracks, an eerie reminder of the inexplicable events of the night. Each time I narrate this story, a shiver crawls up my spine, my eyes glistening with the memory of that night's fear. My mother, too, recalls the night with a shudder, the memory of the day it nearly got us etched into her mind. The mystery of what had been running around our house, what opened the door, remains unsolved to this day. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, When I was just a tender seven or eight years old, my family and I relocated to Montreal, settling into an apartment that felt off somehow. My mother claimed to have seen this apartment before, sharing chilling tales of people who had met their untimely ends there. The timeline was confusing as we'd never visited before, and her encounters supposedly took place years ago. Despite this inconsistency, I trusted her words and instantly felt an unsettling presence. One night as I prepared for sleep, an eerie sensation swept over me. I fought it off for an hour before finally succumbing to slumber. What followed was a haunting dream, 
where I was hoisted into the air by an unseen force, then slowly plummeted down. The fall felt eternal, until it abruptly ended with a hard landing. The reality was, it just lasted about ten seconds, but it was enough to terrify me. I woke up with a start, my back throbbing in pain from the impact. My bed wasn't high enough for me to fall that slowly, or with such a force. It was as if something had deliberately thrown me in between two beds. The immediate aftermath was alarming, as my back was adorned with blue badges of trauma, bruises that seemed to appear out of nowhere, along with a few inexplicable scratches. These injuries lingered for a while before eventually fading away. The logical explanation would be that I fell myself, but the circumstances surrounding the event made this theory virtually impossible. The deafening thud of my fall jolted my parents awake, finding their terrified child in distress. My mother's initial premonitions were becoming our reality, and it wasn't long before we all experienced strange occurrences in the apartment. After enduring these uncanny incidents for six months, we had to leave. It was simply too much for us. The apartment felt inhabited by more than just us. It felt as if we were sharing our space with some ill-intentioned entity or entities. I've often thought of it as a demon, or even multiple ones. Regardless of the specifics, we seem to have a knack for selecting the most unfortunate places to live. Now, dear listeners, I am reaching out for insights. If anyone out there can shed light on our strange experience and offer an explanation, I would be truly grateful. What was this force that seemed to have claimed our apartment? What could it have possibly wanted from us? This eerie story from my childhood has stayed with me throughout the years, serving as an unnerving reminder of the unseen world that may exist alongside our own. Thank you for lending an ear to my tale. I eagerly await your thoughts and theories on this chilling chapter from my past. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, I've got a tale for you, another chapter from the book of my life. A tale so chilling it's sure to get your listeners' hairs standing on end, their hearts beating a bit faster. It's a tale of my last apartment, a nest of paranormal happenings, and as I relate this to you, I've just moved out. I'm praying to the universe that this new dwelling doesn't harbor the same eerie secrets as all my previous abodes. The first time I stepped foot in that haunted apartment, my instincts screamed danger. I was overwhelmed by an odd, unsettling feeling, like a dark cloud hanging over my head. My pleas to my father to not move in fell on deaf ears. However, as I've recently entered my new home, I haven't encountered that foreboding sensation. For the first time in a long while, I feel safe. Let's rewind and talk about my mother's experiences in the haunted flat. She, too, could sense the strangeness in our new home. Her encounter started small but quickly escalated. One night, she narrated a terrifying incident. She awoke, startled from her sleep, around 3 to 4 a.m., to the sight of a ghastly woman with black hair and ghostly pale skin. She didn't recognize this woman, but instinctively, she began to pray, and the ghostly figure disappeared in a puff of flames. I knew my mom was telling the truth, she has no reason to lie, 
nor does she have mental health issues that might blur her perceptions. One night, I confided in her about a dream I had. I saw spirits roaming in the room next to mine, a parade of spectral entities of different colors. My mother then revealed her other experiences. She shared how for two consecutive nights, she felt an oppressive weight on her back, hindering her movements, waking up around 3 a.m., but eventually falling asleep again after a few minutes. This was strange to me as I too was having nightly disturbances. In my dreams, I often saw a little boy who I believed lived in our apartment. Except for his name, I recalled everything about him. He was playful, friendly, and eager to show me something. His tugs felt real, as though he was indeed pulling me in my sleep. Once I opened my eyes and saw a floating figure, but I quickly shut them again, as if I was still in a dream, but I knew I wasn't. It was a bizarre, surreal experience, beyond any form of verbal explanation. Then, there was this peculiar dream where I was sliding down an inverted curved slide, and suddenly I felt upside down and choked. These dreams of suffocation were recurring, and they felt so real. It seemed like there were two spirits in the apartment, one malevolent and the other benign. Our TV would randomly turn on and off, and the lights would flicker without reason. One unforgettable incident was when a light bulb exploded in front of my friend and me, scattering shards of glass everywhere. The electricity wasn't faulty. It was the apartment that was wrong. At around 1 a.m., I'd hear the faint sound of bells. You had to strain your ears to hear them, but they were there. My parents, however, claimed to have heard nothing. One such night, as the bells chimed, I asked my mother if she could hear them. She just shook her head, leaving me feeling slightly afraid. These incidents may sound bizarre, but they are my lived experiences. Interpret it as you like, but I know what I've been through. I'd appreciate any insights or explanations you or your listeners might have for these strange occurrences. Thanks for lending an ear to my story. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, My college days were spent at Ateneo de Manila University, a Philippine institution managed by Jesuit priests. This university is relatively young compared to the Ivy League schools in America. Interestingly, the ground it occupies was once allegedly either a prison camp or a war hospital during the Japanese occupation of the Philippines in WW2. Whether or not this historical fact relates to my story, I cannot say. What I can speak to are the bizarre happenings me and my roommates endured. One summer, I shared Servini Hall's room 314 with three other girls, Michelle, Kat, and a transient summer student whose name is lost to me. In this narrative, we'll call her Summer Girl. As we usually spent our regular term time in the female dorm, Eliazo Hall, our relocation to the third floor of the boys' dormitory for summer, was a bit of a culture shock. From the outset, room 314 seemed different. We felt an odd sensation, an inexplicable peculiarity. Doors would lock themselves. Hairs would stand on end for no apparent reason. But these strange episodes were only the beginning. The first really unsettling event involved Michelle. Her bed was located by the door, and the wall next to it had wooden window jalousies, 
the lower half of which refused to close. One night, as Michelle studied French, she abruptly leaped from her seat and raced out of the room. Upon her return, Kat and I questioned her sudden flight. She revealed that she saw a figure, a woman she believed, slowly walking in a long white nightgown through the open jalousies. Piqued by curiosity, she ran out to investigate only to find nobody there. She even checked the neighboring room, but found no one in a white nightgown. That night, we prayed for the restless souls we believed wandered our dorm. The second event was even more chilling. This time, Michelle and I were involved. One night, while experimenting with my new curling iron, I noticed Summer Girl, through my mirror's reflection, sitting at her desk. She seemed to be reading a letter and crying. Despite feeling a pull to comfort her, I refrained, considering we barely knew each other. I continued curling my hair, but as I turned to chat with Michelle, I caught sight of Summer Girl sleeping on her bed. In no conceivable way could she have moved from the desk to the bed in such a short span of time. The realization hit me. The crying girl in the mirror was not Summer Girl. Michelle looked at me wide-eyed and confessed she had seen her too. We huddled together in the same bed that night, startled by the unnerving incident. The next day, Kat asked why Michelle and I shared a bed. After hearing our tale, she informed us that Summer Girl had slept at the same time she did. For a good 20 minutes, I had been curling my hair, all while watching a mysterious girl in the mirror, who clearly wasn't Summer Girl. After these incidents, we made it a nightly ritual to pray for any restless spirits dwelling among us. I'd like to think our prayers offered them peace, for the remainder of our summer in room 314 passed without further unsettling events. I hope our story adds a little chill to your listeners' nights, reminding them that sometimes, the mystery is closer than they think. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. Like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads. Until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa turning the last page of our ebon-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night.